A quick warning before we start the episode. Today's episode deals with mature themes, including sexual violence. This is outside our standard material, and listener discretion is advised. I'll tell you who I am. My name's Chris, and I'm a filmmaker from Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm blue, deba dee deba die. <laughs> I'm Rick Fox. I, uh, I'm an aspiring author, and uh, I'm perfect. Hard to believe. <laughs> you, could, you could feel the silence at that yeah, one. I could. Not All right. factual. <laughs> I'm Josh. I'm an analyst here in Nashville, and I'm a traitor. Hi, I'm Binge. I'm an analyst here in Nashville. I have no idea what's going on right now. And, and we're opinionated. And tonight we're watching Perfect Blue. Wait, that that's what it's called, right? Yeah, Perfect Blue. I honestly uh, don't know anything about this movie. What can we say about Perfect Blue? It has a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was directed it by was, Satoshi Kon. It was directed by Satoshi Kon. That, that's that's absolutely correct, Rick. It also came out in 1999 on limited release, and uh, it, it stars a bunch of people. 97 in Japan, I believe. It says nine. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm just 90, gonna, I'm just gonna take your word for it. <laughs> it says 99 on here, <laughs> All right. so I'm guessing that's why. <laughs> why don't you give us more information on it, Rick? <laughs> A retired pop singer turned actress's sense of reality is shaken when she is stalked by an obsessed fan and seemingly a ghost from her past. Ooh, so is this a... Is this a Ghost in the Shell-like sequel? Uh, no. Let's hope not, this am is, I right? Yeah. <laughs> High five. This movie was directed by <laughs> Satoshi Kon, and if you've seen uh, if you've seen Inception, if you've seen uh, The Matrix, you've seen really a, anything that is mind-bending, you've probably seen something at least inspired partially by this director and the things that he's done. Sadly, he passed away uh, a couple years ago, and didn't get to make a a lot of movies but the ones that he did make were extremely influential and that's a big part of why we're watching him i haven't actually seen this movie myself but i've seen other movies by this director and i've always really enjoyed his work hmm i'm i'm interested to see it uh is it a suspense is it a horror movie what what kind of movie is i um, i know it's an it's an, an animation anime movie. horror this mystery is... is what it's listed on here okay so. i i knew that it was an animation this is our third installment in our our uh, four-part series. marathon. Uh, yeah, our four-part anime marathon. Um, no, anamarathon. <laughs> I like that one better. In our four-part anamarathon. Y'all, y'all, oh, hated, boy. y'all hated the October month of spooks at first, but I love the month love of spooks. <laughs> I still hate that name. I think that's awful. The, no, well, it's not the month of spooks, Benj. It's the October month of spooks. Which is not what we're currently in. We're currently in the anamarathon. <laughs> there you um, go. And this is the third installment it sounds like not like none of us really have an idea what's going on in this movie. I have nothing to say about it because I don't know what it is. I don't think you guys have much to say about it other than what Rick shared. I, I like the color to, blue. There you go. It that, may that's have my come favorite out color. in 97 or, or 99, 99 or 2000, actually. But are you guys ready to go watch it now? I definitely sure. am. Short intro, but that kind of happens when we don't know much about the movie. I'm ready so. to watch it in 2017, so let's just get right to it. All right. Mima was a pop star. This is Mima's last performance with Cham. Who desired to become an actress. I really hope that I can entertain you just the same as an actress. But sometimes, aspirations can be deadly. I'm always watching Mima's room! In the world of make-believe. This is when Mima proves herself. The price of fame. Don't worry, Mima, it'll be all right. May not be worth the cost of identity. Where did this come from? 
How do they know so much? Innocence is lost. Dreams become nightmares. And privacy no longer exists. Where everything you do can be seen by everyone. Yeah. Oh, so man. uh sequel's great. Let's talk about this movie. Do we um, have to? We can talk about Godfather. <laughs> I like Godfather a lot. Here's the thing, like I'm I'm not one to say like uh, you know, don't don't listen to us before thing because spoilers, all that that jazz. But um, in this case, I think that you'll probably get more out of the experience of us talking about this movie if you've seen the movie, because it's going to be really hard to convey what we just watched. I think in a meaningful sense, if you haven't seen the movie. Also, it, I would like also like to put in that uh, you probably don't want your kids listening to this podcast. <laughs> no. If we're going to be entirely honest, this is a probably rated R should movie. Have, probably should have put that disclaimer before. But seeing as how none of us saw the movie originally, uh, this would be a good time to take your kids away <laughs> from listening to this this I'll, one. I'll piggyback on that and say, you know, why not just uh, cut to the chase and don't watch it? Uh, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> for, thanks for downloading this episode, but uh, just move on to the next thing. <laughs> on your bookshelf it's probably gonna be a much more enjoyable experience for most yeah. of you <laughs> especially I, I was not very i was not very impressed i did not think it was really that good of a movie if i'm totally honest i thought it was really good at what it was trying to do what it was trying to do was make me as uncomfortable as possible and it did a good job of that i think it, it's one of those movies that i would put in the category of like i would say that it's like a smart movie like it it has a really interesting premise and a lot of the stuff that pulls it together is very cleverly thought out and sort of this this ethereal concept it's going for and the i guess core theme is something i can get behind but i also feel like it doesn't really say anything and it's just super just i was not engaged at all by this experience it was just uh, the most emotion i felt was like frustrated and that does not bode for a well good experience to me it may be that you don't have uh, a lot of experience with japanese culture and this is very centered in specifically the japanese pop idol culture that's that exists in japan even you know now 20 years later i I feel i feel like there's definitely ideas behind pop stardom carry over it does but like the the level of fanaticism that exists over there for a lot of specific you know young women that are in that pop idol uh, profession, I guess. Well, um, I mean, we see that now. Uh, even during when this when this movie would have come out, Jessica Biel, who was part of what Seventh Heaven, uh, drastically tried to change her image and did something similar to what our character does with uh, having a very scandalous photo shoot mm-hmm. and uh, was in a movie where she wasn't necessarily that cookie cutter, like amazing, like you know, wholesome person anymore she's trying to dirty up her image so she could like break away from that mm-hmm. we've seen that now with miley cyrus as well and some of the other like disney print like uh disney kids uh trying to break away from that image by doing something completely outlandish where they can't be used anymore <laughs> miley cyrus anybody and we and we've yeah. also seen like the crazy people fans like we know that those exist as well uh like the, the one that comes to my mind immediately is the dude who shot kennedy um yeah or, 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 well. no no it wasn't kennedy it was reagan the dude who shot reagan yeah. trying to impress jody foster that's right, right? Yeah. like it's that kind of like this is just a crazy person right but my issue that i the issue that i have with this movie you mentioned that 
it did what it was trying to do well, which was just to make you feel as uncomfortable as possible. And I think that there are good ways of doing that, and then there are ways that are are far too. Or there are movies that take that to unnecessary depths, right? So if if you're watching The Office, you might feel uncomfortable because of a, a lot of the because it's awkward humor, right? Or if you're watching um, other movies that are in trying to make you sad or that kind of thing, you'll feel uncomfortable for these characters just because of what they're going through. But something like this is something like or, this makes me think of like Human Centipede, where it's like, look, you're trying to disgust me, but not in a way that is tasteful, right? At all. Like, I, I really, I think this movie took a lot of scenes way too far. See, I think and that's... it bothered me. I think I think that's intentional. I mean, and I, I can't you, you say... Can, it can I be intentional, but... Well, it's I all intentional. I still think it's not a good thing. It's all it's no, but in I'm the say, movie, but so it's, it's intentional. It's, it's as though he's saying, like, this movie was trying to make me uncomfortable, and it succeeded far too well. No. That's, not <laughs> That's what, what I heard. Saying. I heard there. No, I, I at a certain point when I was like, "Ooh, they're about to do a rape scene. I wonder how they're going to handle this." And I'm just going to jump there because it's yeah. what we're talking about. I mean, I don't and think I, this movie I, is so like weirdly yeah. jumbled yeah. okay. that it's hard I, to talk about. I, I will in say order. this. Let's just set the premise a little bit, um, because the brief plot synopsis you gave is fair. But so the gist of it is that there's. Um, Gosh, I can't. A Mima. pop, I- a Mima. pop Mima. icon. Mima. A pop mm-hmm. icon named Mima, who's part of a pop trio, mm-hmm. decides, you know what? I'm done. I'm, I'm ready to move on from this. I really want to be an actress. I'm going to get out of being this pop star life, um, kind of at the suggestion of her manager. Which it's not entirely clear how this setup happens. It's interesting in that scene where they're talking about her and her career, and it's, the two of them are discussing her as though she is not there. And as soon as there's an opening where she could talk, I like the way that the movie cuts away from that. The right. it, it does things like that consistently throughout the movie. But yeah, yeah. Um, and and the the rest of the movie is kind of it's it's almost got two sides of it, where it's showing her dealing with what moving from pop stardom to act to being an actress what that means uh and what she the steps she's having to take to move into that role and also she has a fanatical fan base and specific and one person is specifically who we see being very creepy and stalkery and she finds a website that's like detailing all the very personal details of her day uh and we see how that's affecting her as well and this stalker this creep person who's following her around uh, starts talking about how all these changes they don't like. And so it's the story of Mima dealing with both this crazy stalker person as well as the own, the challenges that she's having to face stepping into a new career. Right. Um, that, which is sort of half of the story, but just explaining it that way doesn't right, but that, but get that's across what gets the, us. the thrust of things, which I think is really more about the image that she presents sort of taking over her life in a very real way, which is, I think, the more scary part of the movie, and I think the, where most of the tension comes from. And you don't know throughout the movie, one, like, I was not sure if that guy was real. I was not sure whether or not uh, she was the one actually creating that site and just was pinning it on him. There, there are so many elements of this movie that are, I think, very artfully cast into a lot of doubt and... I think that's the most interesting thing about the movie is how well the director made it seem like anything that is happening on screen could be real. You you never knew when you were in a dream or when you were in reality. And I think that that was the, the sense that 
the character was going through, and I think it's interesting that they managed to evoke that a lot in me, at least. I, I agree that the, the that piece of the movie was interesting when you you couldn't tell, uh, especially towards the end where she she'll be talking with a psychologist, and the role she has an as an actress is someone talking to a psychiatrist psychiatrist in the new movie, but then it would jump from. It seeming very real, like, no, she's actually a crazy person. We're learning a lot of backstory to all of a sudden it's, you know, the director says cut. No, it turns out that that was just part of the scene. Maybe we don't know. Like, that mm-hmm. was very interesting. The, the parts that bothered me, uh, I mean, specifically was the rape scene. Uh, and then as well as there were several scenes later on in the, in the movie that Our- were basically just pornographic. Well, there, like, I, the, I have a question. Are you talking about the scene where she was filming her own rape scene like it it's not either an one action. of them or That's are you talking about the attempt- there are multiple rapes there scenes. are <laughs> there really are and i mean to a certain degree that again fits in with the theme it, it's it's very uncomfortable to talk about i'm i'm gonna go ahead and say that you know right now like anything going on in the later parts of this movie is very uncomfortable because this movie gets very deep into personal violation in a lot of ways and one right. of those is definitely sexual and it's interesting to see them play with the way that this image that the girl has of her pop idol self reacting to what she the actual person is at least somewhat making the choice to do correct but there but there's a way to show that conflict without lingering on the things that exacerbate that conflict so we don't need to see a five minute like rape scene uh of what is actually being filmed and then get you know another three minutes of her posing for uh, sure like you don't don't have to do that but what i issue is how explicit it is yeah right but I I can't say that to me that struck me as exploitative, and this is why, because those images, yes, they are obviously very sexualized and that kind of thing, but what the movie is trying to do, and at least succeeded for me, is making me uncomfortable with those images. And I think that's what the intent there is. It's not something that you're supposed to look at and go, ooh, and ah, and you know, get off to. It's something that is there to make you feel as though this is going too far because that's what is happening there. She is going too far with this. It is pushing her beyond her comfort level because she feels like she is obligated to do this. It's it's never about, it's never, it's not meant to be erotic. My point is that it goes too far. It's trying to say that it goes too far in the circumstance that she's in, but it also goes way too far in the actual movie that we're watching. We don't, it's far exactly. too, it's, it's far it's, too explicit. It's hard. Uh, one way I would put it is that I feel like it would be hard to tolerate any sort of single action going on for that long in any movie. <laughs> like if, yeah. if it was just an explosion, that would be frustrating. If it was just a very tastefully done non-rapey romance scene, that would be frustrating. If it was just like two dudes shooting each other around a corner, that would be frustrating. It just, it's, I don't know, it, it was, it just felt, and the fact that it was also uncomfortable subject matter, the, to play devil's advocate, like, Rick's right in that it got its point across, and part of the way it effectively did that was that the scene lasted as long as it did, and that really gets us in the head of the character to understand just how strenuous that would have been on her mentally. As, but also, as well, as, well the, as the characters of her managers, who we see 
dealing with it. I, I'm not saying that but they I'm, weren't I'm intentional with doing though. it. I'm like, not saying I, they I weren't intentional was... with doing it and that they didn't have a plan for, look, we're going to we're gonna drag this out because it serves to kind of mimic a lot of what these characters are going through. What I'm saying is that I found that to be too much. I hated it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it made me really uncomfortable in a way like I wanted to just turn off the movie and be done watching it. There. I guess this is sort of sort of what my point is. Um, it let's you know, there's there's a lot of talk about how in America we're really OK with violence, but not OK with with sexuality. If you kind of took this and did something similar with violence, where it was something very gory and very if painful, this was a torture scene. I also wouldn't have been OK with that. that Again, that's fine. But, like, uh, but what I'm trying to say is that, you know, that that doing that in that way would get across the sense that the character has and for a lot of people i feel like if you're doing something like that with sex it's hard to get past that level of your brain is being titillated if you know it's something that is genuinely attractive and this girl is genuinely attractive as far as you know cartoon characters go it's hard to get past that level of uh if this was something that was really quick and short i don't think it would get you past sexy to really really uncomfortable i I disagree i i think i mean you brought up like likening it to violence right i i think that we we you can have violence that you're disgusted by without it being gratuitous right like it doesn't have to go to the levels of like the saw movies for you to say this is so overboard that i'm disgusted by it instead of just being like yeah this is some fun action right you don't have to go to those extreme levels like you don't you have can, to know, you, impl- you can you don't allude have to. to it. You can imply it. You, you don't have do to that. physically show these things happening in order that, to get to. But it would not there. have the same effect, and the effect that it had is the one that they're going for. Now, maybe you should not have made. Maybe he should not have made that. I, I can go along with that kind of argument. But what I'm saying here is that from an artistic perspective, this movie was effective. And that's all I'm. I'm trying to defend it on on that level. But, but it's what unnecess- was it effective at doing? Like what? What was its point? Its point was to make you feel like this person was being violated, and they to were. Get but you- I wasn't concerned with that as much. Like because these are fake characters, right? Sure. And and especially in an anime, that's even more evident than in a live action movie. And so for me, I was more disgusted that this is something someone would put into a movie than what was going on in the movie. Yeah, I think honestly that's a Someone pretty good way Someone had to draw this rape. Me. Like, like yeah. that bothers okay. me. Yeah. I mean, well, and I I I have seen uh The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo mm-hmm. and in that movie there are a couple instances where similar things happen in that movie. Like there are rape scenes in that movie in both versions, but I distinctly remember having seen the original Swedish version and they kind of say, they they, they basically say this is what's going on. You're going to see it start, but then it's going to ch- cut away like almost immediately. Like you see the build up and then it starts and then it cuts off and you basically come back at the end and you don't see witness everything but and i remember seeing distinctly in the american version being like okay this is going on way too long this needs to stop and it takes you out of the movie watching experience when something like that is done where you can make the same point but not be present for the entire thing um i think this is kind of what josh is trying to make you can allude yeah. to and like get to sure. the point and, and of again like, i i can understand what you're saying and that he did this for a specific reason and that it was effective in that but i'm also saying that 
you if he if he was trying to convey the disgust and the violation that's happening to this character, he can still convey that without going as far. I mean, and, I don't, it's also, unnecessary extra steps that are disgusting. I but, don't. I think it's difficult to talk about this thing because yes, this is disgusting. That is the point. Like it's. You can get you can get that disgust across sure. without going as far as they did. Sure, but like when you're trying to show something is disgusting and it's something as disgusting as rape is, how are you gonna say like, okay, you went too far? Are you saying like this? <sighs> I'm saying if you're trying to convey that topic in film, there there are ways of doing that that despite it still being a horrible event are much tasteful much more tasteful way of presenting why that is event ta- why is tasteful necessary here that's my question because because we don't want to watch it and we wanted to stop watching the entire movie which should be the that. which should be the reaction anytime rape is a part of a story you should but want to be look away in that out, kind of thing but it shouldn't it didn't take me out of it that's the okay. thing I, but it I took mean, the rest of us out of that out of the film d- was seeing that happen so and also with the i guess follow-up scene to that with the photographer like those were just like okay that's unnecessary and they keep coming back to it and it's just like We've seen this already. We don't have to be shown this yet again. Which, I, I don't and, think and the photographer went as far as the rape did. No, I feel like the photographer was still, a little, still a little like but, pushing it, but that I felt like but was af- executed but after better. Well, see, be- what, witnessing. Wait, wait, wait. Are we talking again? Are we talking about the simulated scene or are yes? We t- okay, both, I, I, yes. I don't think I can agree there. I mean, that exact thing is probably similar to what had to happen in that girl with the dragon tattoo movie you're talking Correct. about. So, like. <laughs> And, and and for the folks listening, like, there's a lot more to this movie as well, but it's hard for me to talk about the rest of the movie because the this scene and these events overshadow the rest of it, right? And, and like, that's sort of what my point was, and I was like, what's the point of this whole movie? Like, what is, how does this support sort of the macro story of this woman's life? And there, there's, there's certain, I feel like this movie tries to tackle a lot of themes all dealing with, like, sort of, what what's in your subconscious when you're when you're a part of society like how do you deal with sort of your internal purity versus external sociological pressures and like how, how do you do, how do you deal with that if you're in a position where you have to compromise somewhere what happens to you mentally i feel like that's a really cool idea that in a lot of ways the movie explores very thoroughly but my takeaway my walk away like thing the first thing that we all jumped to in this movie was wow that rape scene was really frustrating to watch and i think that 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 right there simulates that this movie did not do a good job of communicating whatever it was trying to communicate See, because that our biggest takeaway was a scene and how it was frustrating and i i think that that means that it it gets too much spotlight it gets too, it's put too high up on the hey this is this is what you remember you know like i don't so i don't really care to talk about a lot of the other things because this was the biggest thing i feel most strongly about and it's just that i really hated watching it Especially with the fact that they try, that the director tries to mirror that scene again later in the movie. And that was with an really... actual rape, which the scene that we are clearly discussing here is not an actual rape. Well, I mean, we all. It is a little weird that that's the one that disturbed us. Yeah, more. that's why. That's, like, that, that, that's a big that... part of what I'm questioning here. Like, no, they, no, like, we started with that one. This one was also just as disturbing, if not more so. Which is strange it becomes... because it's be... no, nothing bad in a very real sense is happening there, except that this person has clearly allowed themselves to be put in a situation that is harmful to them. Via their obligations, but in a legal sense, in a 
you know, in a sense that uh, most people would agree with, nothing wrong happened there. Because this is just a simulated scene so, where they are film that they are filming for a TV show. Something wrong happened there because deep down she really didn't want to do it. Absolutely, it wasn't. It wasn't something morally wrong. Well, it wasn't something legally, legally. wrong. That's the way I would put it. it. It was something though that humanistically was wrong. She shouldn't have felt pressured to do something that she did not want to do. That is that is not sure. okay. And, Absolutely. And and what I like, I had a bigger like, I had a problem with both, um, but I felt like that the second the actual rape scene seemed to be more sexualized, surprisingly enough, than the other one because it's like she was stripped of all of her clothing in that, whereas in the previous one she was like still primarily clothed uh for the entire thing and and it's just it was that was more uncomfortable because it seemed like oh they're trying to over sexualize this act whereas the other one when she was in the actual stripper clothes like it was like they were trying to keep her covered through most of it which it just, you, which they would in a scene that is being filmed for a movie like that makes sense okay I, I'm, I'm i'm gonna move us along from this for a little bit uh, sure just, i mean if we um, if we need to say more on this we we can we can later if we need to um i will say that later on in the movie especially when it started getting into her dealing with her own psychosis um where she's not she starts seeing the image of her of the old pop idol mima mm-hmm. um it almost comes to haunt her. Oh, it definitely uh, and, comes to haunt yeah, her. Yeah, and we know that this isn't a real character, but she's seeing it as one, and it's interacting with her and and taunting her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, when she's not, she can't really tell what's going on. You know, what's real life and what's this movie that I'm filming. I thought that was really interestingly done because the way that it, the way that they directed that. Um, we're almost in the same headspace as her. We don't know what's real life or what's this movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's there's so many yeah. things that are going on where the the movie will cut from scenes in ways that are confusing, but tie into each other. The whole movie feels like a continuous dream. And there's several times where she will wake up and you won't know if the thing that just happened is a dream or if we have cut to the, like the next day. I I was not a huge fan of it until we got the scene where you start to question whether or not she's just actually mentally insane. Right. As opposed she's... to on a TV show. Yeah. That actually blew my mind. I, I was like, that was really whoa. Weird. And I thought that we were just going to go down that ride for the rest of the movie. Right. Um, and that that is, I think that's the movie's strongest element mm-hmm. is that you can go back and ask yourself, like, could you reconstruct the movie to try to figure out, like, what stories are real? What stories are figments of imagination? What 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 things could be reconstructed in different ways? Like yeah. for one so thing, I thought kind of like watching Shutter Island. Yeah, or something mm-hmm. like that. well, uh, <laughs> for comparing a movie I didn't <laughs> like to a movie I didn't like. No, no, no. no but you, you know, as, as <laughs> know far as that, mean, no. that, that, that same mean. kind of um, like, hey, if I rewatch this, knowing what I do at the end of the movie, can I pick things out or can I, I see yes. hints going throughout like, it? One one thing I thought of is that an agent comes up and asks her, you know, if uh, she's ever considered modeling, and the first thing I thought was that seems like a really like shady thing to do to a stranger or yeah you know and, and also really but then weird, I thought, really what? weird to someone who's been a pop idol this entire time but then i well, thought if that one scene where she thought she was on a tv show it flashed away to show oh no maybe this is real and she's being interrogated maybe the rape scene really happened and that's the gig she got from being a model 
And that was her real life experience. Like that's that's interesting to think about. You know, well, it's and, interesting to re-put the pieces of this movie together. If she's not really an actress and those scenes are real, then a lot of the stuff they filmed probably really happened. Well, or those end, are real and something end, else isn't real, you know? At the end, we still don't know. And I think, I think that's a cool way of ending it because she goes and sees her. So, okay, so getting towards the end of the movie, we find out that one of her managers, Rumi, is the one who's been running this. At least we think maybe this maybe. is what happened. Like, like uh, yeah. whatever. Like, is running this chat room and then they have a confrontation about it, a big chase scene, and it kind of, the movie ends with Rumi being in a mental institution and Mima driving off being like i'm the real one but but that final glance no that final glance in the mirror that's great because we don't like because it's the same expression that her her fake version has been making the entire movie and so it completely confuses the audience as to whether okay did this thing take over her are we seeing the reality here there's so many questions that are left there that it's really interesting especially because especially because of the one i think all of this hinges on the one scene where we don't know if she's actually talking to a psychiatrist or if it's part of the movie I think because because in that scene, the the psychiatrist talks about, look, all of this, her life as a pop star, her life as an actress, her life as a model. All of this is just the psychosis. You know, that's just the story she's come up with in her own brain to be able to deal with these traumatic events that happened in the, in, to her previously. Mm-hmm. Right. And when she finally and when at the very end, she looks in the mirror and says, no, I'm the real Mima. We like. Is that just again? Is this whole is the whole situation with Rumi, uh, Rumi, Rumi, with Rumi, and with Rumi trying to pretend to be Mima, and all is all that just the next piece of her explaining it away so that she can live in her fantasy world? We don't know, and I think it's really cool that all of that hinges on that one conversation that we don't know whether that's part of the TV show or part of real life. Exactly. Well, yeah. Well, I feel um, that. You kind of, you've never carried a book like that. You seem like you're about to say something very scholarly. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I took a couple notes. I did. I did take a couple notes. Uh, one of them was computer equals hard. Apparently, for, yeah. for you can take Mima. the monocle off, Benj. <laughs> that that was funny though, because because of the time that this movie came out, they had to dedicate an entire scene to explaining what a computer was, how it works, and, and how, how you internet, could log on and to what the, the internet. internet is. Yeah. That, yeah, that is the. I think that might be the most dated scene of all time. Like it's just <laughs> it's like great. Like I can't think of any scene that has taken me more out of a movie because of how dated it was than that moment in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think a lot of the struggle is uh, for Mima throughout the entire movie. Like she starts to get some psychosis because she keeps reading her own uh, diary that is that we find out later was written by Rumi, and she's like struggling trying to figure out who she is because she keeps seeing these words come that are supposedly coming from her and sound and like she, her and it sounds yeah and it sounds like her and she's like i don't that's not who i am or is it and she's struggling with that and at a certain point while watching this movie i when i saw uh manami who is the stalker character uh seeing him and uh mima both imagining this idealized pop idol version of her i was like wait they're both crazy and they're both sharing in the same delusion. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but we come to find out that you know Rumi's the one that's been orchestrating everything, and and I thought that he was writing the letters to himself because mm-hmm. I saw him. That we were shown that he was typing, and I thought that he was writing those letters to himself. Obviously, we find out later that it was Rumi, and then he was emailing Rumi, and he was emailing maybe. maybe. <laughs> no, no, I. But I mean, I that think, is the interpretation I do take as well. But I think th- what ends well, up becoming of that whole situation is like she finally comes to peace. Like no. I'm the real thing and that's why she can be that old her old self is like she's like she realizes I've never changed it's been me the whole time I just other people were trying to be me and that 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 was kind of like her saying that at the end was her saying no I've taken control over who I am and I want to be what and do what I'm doing now or we've been watching the delusional roomie the entire time and that's the thing that I love about this movie is that both of those uh, interpretations are they make sense and you can support them with the movie and it's an interesting thing to, to discuss and talk about and talk about how this movie has so many different ways that it could go. And that's really interesting specifically because they've t- they put this in uh, the story of a pop idol who is someone that the fans of project their story onto, which is a big part of what this story is. There, there's so many different layers to how this story is created that I can't help but respect that. Like, like I said, I think it's extremely smart. And, and like I just I just don't think it's a good movie. Like I, I think it's you have to be smart and it you have to acknowledge that it is put together well, but I just don't think it matters. <laughs> like it it doesn't I don't take away like to think of an example that does some that accomplishes this goal a lot better to me, but I think is constructed a little less well. I would think of the movie Interstellar. Like, the, what was the point of Interstellar? Like, what did I walk out of Interstellar thinking? Space is nuts? Like, yeah, that's one thing you can take up. <laughs> I mean, that, is, that <laughs> was my main takeaway, yeah. honestly. My, my main takeaway was the big thing that happens at the end where they talk, where they, the main, our main astronaut, McCon- scientist McConaughey, comes to the conclusion that uh, scientist Hathaway was right, that love really is the only unexplainable, like, scientific force in the universe that can overcome all of our current knowledge that and was, all of our current logic. That was so cheesy. It was cheesy, but you know what? <laughs> it, it applied to me. It was something that I could actually take away and go, you know what, like, that. that is a unique thing that is cool that I feel like I can relate to on some level. I, I This movie, I walk away from it thinking, okay, like, if you're nuts, you don't know what's real. Like, See, that, okay, that, that's I, pretty I think nuts. That, I think that's, I think <laughs> that's very unfair fair to the movie and to the culture that it comes from because a big part of what this movie is talking about is something that is specifically culturally japan japanese like this the thing with pop idols in in japan is that they can be very much almost cult-like and the the type of dedication and what you have to do as a person to fit that model is is grueling and hellish and it can have this same kind of damaging effect on a person. And so I think it is uh, not fair to say that this movie doesn't have anything to say. It doesn't necessarily have anything to, to say to you as an American person, but it definitely has something to say to its intended audience of, of Japanese people. I guess, but that's all I have. That's fair. Like, I'm just that, saying, that's like, like, uh, what what okay. do you want from me, movie? Like, if, if uh, I don't know, it's it's hard for me to believe that in China they can just love the shit out of so much we send over there. But I I, I oh, if I don't like this Japanese that's, piece of work, it's because I'm not Japanese. That, that's not what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying it's not fair to say this movie has nothing to say. It's totally fine to not like this movie. I did not enjoy the experience of watching this movie at all. But it definitely has very specific things that is clearly communicating and from your reactions to the movie i think it communicated them very effectively 
I just, no, I don't understand. No, no. My, 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 my disgust is not with the cult status that forms around pop idols. Because you don't have any connection to that. No, no, we, we no have, I understand that. <laughs> I, I understand that there's, there's stupid fandoms for American Justin TV Bieber stars. And Maybe and, not and, as bad. And it's not as bad, and I get that, but... I, I don't care about that. That's not my my disgust isn't related in any way to that. And it's not because I'm not part of that culture. It's because they had an interesting idea for a movie that for me was ruined by way too much rape. That's, I don't, that's ultimately what it comes like, down that's to. That's a crass way of putting it. When, when, the, when but, a movie is about the rape of these people's public and personal images, I can't say that that is a flaw with the movie personally. But no, like we, you, you keep saying like, oh, well, we don't understand how big and how cultish some of these fans can be. We, we, I grew up in the time of boy bands, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, like though, like anybody that was a fan of them were cult like, and it, they had to protect their image and give off the, the perfect, like cookie cutter image when they were coming out and they could, they had to fight against that and separate themselves from that image. And like, we've seen that. I, I have personally seen that, like, you know, it may not be to the absolutely degree that you know, Jap- some Japanese where their entire life is completely controlled until something bad happens and they cut ties. But I've seen like stuff that is all, like almost that bad or worse here in America. Like it's, and we don't have to be shown, you know, some of these graphic scenes uh, to get that point across. Like we, we've Again, seen it. We understand it. But we- here's the thing. I've seen movies with, actual rape scenes I've seen TV shows Game of Thrones is huge it has these kinds of scenes a lot they don't hit me like this did it was not as effective as this was because I've seen the movie of... you talked about earlier with, with Girl of the Dragon Tattoo because you've never lived in Westeros that. that's not my that's not my point Chris it was, just a, it was, a, it was just a joke uh, <laughs> it was meant to be funny <laughs> And what I'm trying to say is that if you're trying to say something about how creepy this is and you effectively make at least me really, really uncomfortable with the entire thing in a way that most rape scenes don't. In fact, there's a lot of scenes like that that are intentionally shot to be titillating. The fact that this is as disgusting as rape is, is in a sense good to me. That's bullshit, though. That, you know, no, because I can watch a movie about a dog that dies and be sad, and you can say, well, you know what's a lot more effective? The videos on YouTube of sickos who are actually murdering dogs. That's way more effective. Like, what? whatever. Like, that's <laughs> disgusting, and I don't want to see it. And, and I'm not trying to equate this animation to an actual rape, but what I'm saying is that you can have, you can have it shown at different levels and at some point say this has gone too far. Uh, I feel like one one analogy I would make is I mean once you've seen enough movies you you have like a top five list for any everything I don't really think maybe a rape scene list would qualify I don't have one of those but I do have like a top five like oh like people getting tortured like what movies did it best my favorite one is Reservoir Dogs you don't even see the guy get tortured in Reservoir Dogs y'all know the scene I'm talking about yeah, I do. where yes. uh, Mr. Blue is getting tortured like still really he just, effective he dances in and- front of him and he comes up and you just hear it happening and and the reason why they did that is because uh, Tarantino, like they're running behind or something and they just did not have enough time to work on the prosthetics and the visual effects of actually cutting an ear off the actor. So he's like, you know what? What if we just like have him walk off screen and like 
maybe we can come back and do this on a reshoot or something. And uh, then we will at least have something for the edit. And when they shot and when they saw it actually in the final, you know, in the first rough cut, they're like, well, actually, this is really good. We might not need to do a reshoot of this or something. It, it actually looks more frightening and conveys a sense of greater terror when this is happening. And I agree. Uh, I know you said it's not your favorite either, but maybe you can at least admit that it's effective. I can say and that that's I, effective. And that's so, what I admire about both of these things. No, no, well, what, the, what I'm saying is that what's interesting about it is that it felt more effective to me than a lot of torture scenes that are exploitative that are you have to linger on the images you watch people writhing in pain getting cut up or whatever they're explicit yeah they're explicit and to me like this this rape scene was explicit and it is also not as effective as if it were handled in a more creative way but and i did come play devil's advocate earlier it does get me uncomfortable in an intentional light but as I stated previously, it's also the first takeaway I had from the movie, and I feel like it has nothing to do with anything the movie was trying to do on a larger scale. It's just, but I, I didn't like it, and right. that's all I can wait, say. Wait, I how really can you say it, it has nothing to do with the movie? It clearly on a, on does. On a big level. The biggest level of this movie is how violated people can be. It's subconscious. Uh, to me, it was being able to differentiate, like your subconscious from the actual external environment. It's the difference like, between being disgusted with the individuals being portrayed and the movie itself. And I was disgusted with the movie itself, not not the people involved in that scene. Yeah. I, I mean, on on the same level, like, would... I mean, I've never watched Human Centipede because it just sounds like it's too much for me to care about if it has a better objective. Uh, does that not seem like an apt comparison? I don't it think seems it like does an apt because that movie does me. not have any kind of aspiration to do something bigger. But but I think what the point Chris is trying to make is that that scene, it, it doesn't seem like to me to warrant has far, like how far it goes. Like there's, there is a point where you, yes, like I understand the scene is intended to make you feel awkward and uncomfortable and it it did that but i think where it fails is it makes you want to turn the tv off and you shouldn't and and a direct i think you should want to turn the tv off anytime there's rape happening on screen like if that's but it, but not no, the reaction you're having you... to that then i don't feel like they are effectively conveying what they're attempting to well yeah but if they if they're trying to convey a message about how terrible and how like exploitative that the that you know pop stars are treated then he like you need to make sure that people watch the rest of your movie not quit 15 minutes in because it like because like that's disgusting i don't want to watch any more of this because i don't know how much more is coming up i legitimately feel like this movie brought down my quality of life that's why i wanted to turn the movie off i was like i wish i had not watched this i don't care about the point it supports it's not worth it it's just not worth it that's the simplest way i can put it it wasn't worth it it, it did not have enough of a payoff it may have been effective but it wasn't worth it I can understand that. So, any of you guys want to go into any other pieces of the movie, or I love the editing. The editing's amazing. I the think editing the, is solid. The way that they cut from scene to scene, and the way that the scenes are tied together, is what keeps you're, you're confused, but you're going along with the flow of what is happening. You you might not know exactly what's going on, but because there's that continuity of image, you are still drawn into the the story and the flow of that story. I think that's amazing. I also think it's really interesting the way they choose to handle her uh, vision self thing, the and the way that it moves so like gracefully and yeah. and lightly, and it's consistently put against the image of her and her running and not being graceful or be and just 
just being human, really. And that's really interesting from an animation perspective, just because I don't think it would have, it definitely would not have been possible at the time, but I still don't, I don't know that you even now could if as effectively convey or portray those two, uh, those two images against each other. I, I, I will also say that I really liked the way they used reflections in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Reflections in the TV and the computer monitor and the window. Um, you see uh, Mima kind of dealing with this where it'll transition from her pop star um, self image to who she currently is, you know, whether that's, you know, dressed up for her part as the actress or whether it's, you know, really bedraggled because she's so, you know, distraught over what's happening around her. And they also use it with uh, Rumi. You know, you see, you see Mima being chased by her pop star, um, self Mm -hmm. uh towards the end and then there's just a brief moment where they're passing in front of window and you just see Rumi running at full tilt wearing the wig and the bad costume and then as soon as she passes by it's just back to the same you know the same pop star self Mm -hmm. i like i think it's really interesting the way they use reflections yeah that is that is fascinating to me and how and then even at the end because because we know that reflections you know we her reflections are where she sees this false self. And at the end, we only see her say, I'm the real me in the reflection of the mirror. She could be just sitting there silent in the front of the car. And that's just her fake persona in the mirror again saying, I'm the real me. Like, because they use, I think they use a f- reflections really effectively, especially when they're trying to do kind of the, a lot of the mind bending stuff to mm-hmm. really make us question, what are we seeing right now? Yeah, I, I think that's that's really uh, uh, the biggest strength of this movie. And I think that's what the biggest strength of uh, this director is, because I've seen some of his other other work and a lot of it isn't as dark as this. I think this is the darkest thing that I've seen of his personally. But well, this is based on a book, right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just the way that he is so good at drawing the audience into that dream logic and making you go along with that confusing flow of what's going on is just amazing to me. And it's, it's a consistent thing in his, in his storytelling. It's what he was known for. <laughs> Do we want to go ahead and, uh, and give ratings now, or is there other stuff that you guys want to talk about? Uh, I think I could go into final thoughts. Uh, Bench, Chris. Uh, I just want to say that I felt like at the very beginning, the art was very extremely dated, uh, but it seemed like it kind of flowed into... Yeah, it felt like it improved as it went along. Exactly. And I thought that may have been on purpose, but it also might have been because at the beginning, there were a lot of bigger scenes that it seemed like they were were. getting across and a lot of characters that we didn't really want to or care about knowing in the future. I agree. I think that uh, the only scene that really stand stood out for me at the beginning, and I thought it was really, really evocative, was when uh, the stalker is kind of, he's gotten up to the near the front of the stage where... Uh, Chan or Cham? Cham. Cham. Uh, what, is it, what is her name? I've, I've slipped, it slipped out of Mima? my head. Mima? Yeah. yeah. He's gotten up to the stage where Mima is performing and he holds up his hand and sticks his head like down at this weird angle and at first you can't tell what on earth he's doing until it cuts to his perspective and you see her dancing on top of her, his hand like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a trick of perspective from the way that he's doing that. But that is really evocative to me and you immediately really know what kind of person he is. You understand that he wants to own this person like she is a, a toy. Like that he, yeah. and he, that you know, that obsession there. dancing ballerina. Exactly, yeah. I think that was really, really good. And I think there's a couple of different images throughout the movie that are as effective as that. Um, but yeah, that <laughs> this movie's really good on a technical level. And that is extremely impressive to me. 
Yeah, I, th- I I agree. Like a lot of the cuts and transitions, like, I mean, like we've already said, mm-hmm. are they get ex- they do exactly what they want to do. They they just throw you off kilter enough uh, to wonder what's really going on and takes you kind of uh, out of your comfort zone in a way where it's just like, okay, I don't like when are these cuts happening? Cause yeah. at least at the beginning of the movie, they happen at very, very awkward moments, especially in the middle of conversations. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of unsettling uh, in and of itself. Yeah. Just, the, just because of the transition. Exactly. And some, yeah. and some of the, the scenes where we get Mima waking up in the morning mm-hmm. and not really realizing or understanding, okay, what's, what's been happening. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think it, it I think that, was necessary at the beginning and they kind of build on that throughout the movie to to just make you completely unable to tell what's reality and what's not by the end well i i do have i have one question that i want before we get to that i guess final thoughts uh do you think that mima killed anybody or do you think it was all the stalker and or roomie man i don't know i don't (laughs) i don't don't know either but it's a question that I'm interested in. I I could see very good arguments being made for both sides that are, are well supported in the movie. The takeaway I had on this first watching is no. I think that her her agent did the killings. But I could be, you know, swayed by the movie the next time I watch it to think that no, that is even a part a deeper part of what's going on with, with her and, and you know Okay. I think it's more interesting if Mima was the crazy one the entire time she did all the killings and then was sent to an insane asylum and mm. that's where she is currently she's just maybe like convinced even, herself and maybe even Rumi is actually her and that thing that we're seeing at the end of the movie is the uh, Rumi's you know projection of that character leaving like right. there, there's you know so many layers you could take to that I think that the stalker and or Rumi killed everybody but the photographer. I think that we get too many, like too much clear oh, yeah, visions right. from her perspective where I think that uh, Mima did kill the photographer, but everybody else was the That's other people. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Just because we get a lot of things from we her do. perspective in that scene, whereas everybody else kind of, it's, I don't know, man. And, it's outside. I mean, and Mima killed uh, the weird dude. In a similar way, yeah. The hammer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Well, well obviously, obviously, I think she killed, or at least stunned him, if not yeah. actually killed him, the stalker. But I think I think that Mima might have gotten away with killing uh, the photographer, because I feel like she was most upset with him of everybody that was involved. But you could make the argument that, you know, Rumi being as obsessed with um, uh-huh. Mima's image, it, she was the one that did it because of that exact reason. I mean, mm-hmm. the moment when she bursts out into tears when, uh, you know, this first scene is kind of happening is really powerful i think and i at the time just took it as uh you know a friend being completely uncomfortable with the direction that this person's life was taking but you know as the movie ends you could see that in an entirely different and much darker way yeah Mm -hmm. all right i i'm ready to get into final thoughts let's do um i'll go ahead and start um my favorite scene was the one scene in the middle of all the kind of flashing back and forth where you're not sure what's going on where uh, it shows Mima talking to a psychologist and the psychologist comes out and is talking to 
uh, the other professionals there and says, you know, this is all something she's built up in her own head um, just to justify what what's happened to her in the past. And I, I think I, I like that the most because um, for all the negative I've had to, to say about the movie, I did think that the end when it's jumping around was cool. Um, and I like and this is the scene that really throws everything on its head where you're not sure what to trust and what not to. And I thought that that was pivotal. Uh, it wouldn't. It, it wouldn't have been nearly as weird and trying to figure out what's going on without this scene. And I thought that was really cool. Uh, my least favorite scene uh, should be self-evident from uh, our discussion previously. Obviously it's the rape scene um, overall. Um, I think that this was a very cool concept, especially dealing with something like um, fandom that's ter- basically turned into a cult i thought that was a really cool idea uh that was ruined by a couple scenes in the movie um i didn't enjoy the movie because of it uh at all i can't recommend that anyone go see it i will not watch this movie again um because of that i give it a zero hmm. for those reasons your first zero no he's oh, given a zero before wait have you haven't you i don't remember i feel like you did at some point <laughs> it might have maybe the or maybe the last transformers well, I'll, I'll say this this is a harder zero than that one <laughs> it's the hardest zero yeah so Binge, why don't you get next yeah my favorite scene were the transitions with <laughs> maybe your favorite thing well no no it's the transitions when like she keeps waking up uh, back in bed, but then oh, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll wake we'll then wake up again, shooting that same scene where she's talking to, uh, I guess the other actress who is playing the psychiatrist like outside in the rain, like th- those like those just got really trippy and I really enjoyed that pretty much for some of the same reasons that Josh enjoyed uh, the later scene the later scene with them. Uh, Lee's favorite. Same thing with Josh, the, or I guess both rape scenes that are in this movie. They seem a little bit... Um, or or too, a lot of it. Well, yes, but they see, they are a little bit too much, and it seems to me like they over-sexualize both situations too much. Um, more than they necessarily need to uh, in this kind of a movie. Uh, without those scenes, I, I enjoyed this movie without those scenes. If it was not in there, I would definitely give them give it a higher score uh i wouldn't recommend going to go see this movie just because of those it just they were uncomfortable to the point where i wanted to put them like turn the movie off which if you're making a movie that's the last thing you want to do is people to turn your movie off and not watch it again uh is my perspective of that so i i want to give it credit for some of the good things that it did uh but it's really hard to give it credit for that when it's when it's things that I disagree with and didn't enjoy like enough to turn the movie off. So I would have to give it a zero as well out of five. But uh, without those scenes, I would probably give this at least a three and a half because it does it does portray a lot of the things going on in this movie and like it does convey a lot of that really well and it's it is enjoyable outside of that oh binge you're probably not first zero either (laughs) (laughs) what a day rick why don't you go next what'd you think i'd like to go last because i feel like i'm the only person who's going to defend this movie that's Um, fair okay go for it chris yeah that's fair um 
uh, I just stand by the same thing I said earlier. It's a very smart movie, but I also think it's a bad one. Uh, I would say that the best scene in the movies, I think the same one that's already been brought up, uh, the one where we learn that uh, it could all be the fact that she has a disassociative personality disorder, because I think that would fit sort of whatever macro story I noticed in this movie very well, and it would have sort of brought all the pieces together uh, uh, very effectively. Maybe if we spent a little more time playing with that idea more directly. Although I also kind of like that it's only one scene because it makes you question things even more. And it really does do a good job of getting you into this place where you start to ask like, what would that even be like to not know if everything's real because you can't trust your own mind? If you can't trust what you see in here, then what can you trust? What is real? Like, what does that mean? Um, my, my least favorite scene is obviously the rape scene. It's, it's it's super crass and distasteful and just terrible in my opinion. Uh, but I'm, I'm not gonna pick that one because we've already talked about it twice. Instead I'll say, <laughs> it's the very last shot of the movie. I thought that was hokey as shit and I hated it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so stupid. I was angry that it got brought up with positive things but i didn't have a chance to interject so i just sort of said quiet. <laughs> really I, you I, hated it i really thought it was so stupid Why? that when the credits started that like nope. slowly the credits are going to get smaller and she was going to be watching a movie because that would fit the rest of the movie where you're just never sure what's going on or what's real and then we'll have like 15 more minutes of the movie because th- <laughs> there's no way that could have been the end I mean, but it was is, this is still the, this is the same thing as leo spinning the top at the end of inception she no, it yeah, is. No, it is. It's exactly it's the same thing. thing. It is. It's way exactly the same worse thing. It's that. debatably taken from I, this thing. That he's I like clearly, this better than the top. He's clearly seen Satoshi Kon's like movies Inception, and mimicked them, and so. I liked that more. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you don't like Inception? No, I th- I think it's super overrated in huh. Nolan's repertoire. It's I wouldn't not bad, put it, but I wouldn't I put it in his overrated. Huh. I wouldn't put it in his top five. I'll put <laughs> anyway, it that way. Surprised that you hated that one? Yeah. Um. Overall, there actually are a lot of things I really admire about this movie. Um. It's just there's things that aren't as interesting to talk about in full length. Like the editing's super amazing. There's not much more to say than that. You have to experience it to really get what that means. You have to you would have to watch it yourself. Um, I think that some of the ideas that this movie tries to tackle are rather admirable. They're rather challenging. Uh, sort of same response I had to the original animated Ghost in the Shell. Like the movie tackled very ethereal themes that are difficult to comprehend, and sometimes you need a story to think about those things. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day. Like when y'all ask, like, do you think she killed anyone? I just like, I just don't give a shit. Like I, I hated watching this. I feel like it made my life worse. I just got frustrated by it. I think it's a bad movie. I think it was very smartly put together, but it's bad. So I'm gonna give it one and a half. All right. Um, That's reasonable. We didn't I, even pick a fake rating thing. We just no, went we with didn't. stars. Oh, one and a half, uh, whatever's stars. I, I Exploding letters. <laughs> no, 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 it works. Pop stars. There you go. Oh, there you go. All right. That that actually does does work. There you go. I think you guys have been completely unfair to this movie, Um, but I can understand why you have been. Anytime a movie tries to tackle something that is this uncomfortable, that is this dark of subject matter, I think you should walk away in a bad mood, in in a way that you have been deeply affected by this. I think in a way, the fact that that kind of thing exists in reality you should not be able to walk away unaffected and the more deeply affected you are in the direction you should be discomfort disgust all all those emotions that you guys have have uh expressed in this i think that's a good thing and a lot of movies will try to use those elements and will not successfully create that emotion in the audience 
And that is a failing in my mind. Those, there are things in this world that should disgust you. And I think that those things have a place in art. Um, so, you know, my fa- my least favorite thing about this movie uh, is there's a, some bad animation quality at the beginning um, that, that did kind of take me out of the movie. My favorite thing about this movie is, as a whole the surreality of it and how effectively that's conveyed, but specifically in the final chase scene where Rumi is chasing Mima um, and the way that that is conveyed and the way that it switches between seeing Rumi and seeing the fake Mima that we've seen throughout the movie. I think that's fantastic. I think this movie is skillfully done. I think this movie is uh, brave in tackling really dark subject matter. And I think it has a distinct message that it is trying to convey and it did it effectively. So for me, this movie's a five out of five. I think, but I'm going by what I feel is quality. I don't really have much in here that I think is a negative to what the movie is attempting to do. I don't necessarily like it. I don't know that I'll watch it again anytime soon. But I think it is extremely effective at communicating the story that it is trying to tell. Well, and this is at least consistent with your your <laughs> ratings. Sorry, I thought you were done. I mean, I, I kind of am. Like, I the only thing to do more would be to defend myself from the. So the I'm, I'm stunned. You're getting like so, I'm actually stunned. So, like, so, I, so I, I'm pretty baffled as well. Well, like, I, I have I have I have a legitimate question. So movies that go the opposite route where they try to do more of the gore side of this like say hostile or some of the saw movies where what they are intending to do Mm -hmm. is to gross you out and just be complete gore and we're not going to really do anything else other than just to disgust you and that is their main goal of the movie would they earn a five out of five even though like because that that honestly is their main goal of the movie i haven't i have not well no i don't believe i don't think that is an unfair question i think that's an entirely fair question based on what i just said though i i don't know i i they are very effective at what they're trying to do but there's nothing more than what they're trying to do. They're just trying okay. to get a visceral then, reaction out of you. Then the original Saw movie. Because I would say the that original this Saw is movie, very similar. I do. I agree. It's, it the takes... original Saw movie to me is a extremely good movie in terms of what it's trying to do. And I would give the original Saw movie a very high rating based on that. I think that uh, movies like Hostel are just gore porn and nothing more. But I think that the original Saw is very effective at getting a more psychological fear out of the audience than just making you wince and try to look away from the screen um there's a little more going on there and in this movie there's a lot going on there's a lot being said and so that's do, what elevates this so me. does it get credit just for accomplishing what it's attempting like it, like if i'm trying my hardest to be an asshole do i get five out of five stars if i'm an asshole like for for me it's like look you accomplished what you're going for but i hate what you're going for so you don't get points from me well from an artistic level like the thing that they're going for is something really dark and you should hate that like and but, if, but that if you doesn't make try, any sense if, because you've already said you hate art movies and you should be able to look I at those hate, and say look no, no, no. i can see what you're going for that's, let me try and interpret what that's what entirely I'm different they're How not is that different they're not effective at conveying their message to me all i get from art movies is pretension and how far up the ass the kind of person who makes that's those all movies i got are. from this <laughs> it's not what i got from it I'm, I, I again i know I'm, i feel like i'm having to defend myself here but that's not what i got from this i felt this movie could very effectively conveyed a lot of things about a very specific real issue 
All right. Well, I admire your honesty. I'll say that much. I admire you being bold. Wow, that was a backhanded compliment. No, I do. I admire the fact that you gave this movie a five stars after two people gave it zero stars. That that is that is that is legitimately like this might be our most polarized movie we've done. It is. It honestly makes it one of the best choices for opinionated. Ooh, but mm. because we want we want that diversity. All I gotta say is I hope that whatever you've picked for our next one is a lot better than this. Uh, Please no rape. Can we just ask, have one ask? <laughs> no rape. I have not seen the movie. I don't believe Again? it has any of that. Rick, I'm going, fingers crossed. You remember the last time you suggested a movie we didn't see? <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed the heck out of it. <laughs> and oh. I think and everybody had, else didn't. And it, we just had, according to Chris, one of our better conversations and, you know, one of the most effective things for the podcast. You, oh, yeah, but look, there's a limit to it. There's only so much I'm willing to do for this podcast. <laughs> Maybe someone will review this like, man, at a certain point, like this podcast just talks about rape too you know, much. We're talking about this <laughs> podcast a lot. too far. Josh, why don't you tell us what this podcast is? Guys, we as fun as this podcast was, you can find more of them on our website, opinionatedpodcast.com. Is that on the World Wide Webs? It sure is. And unlike the folks in this movie, all of our listeners know how to use the internet, and so they should be able to find <laughs> it nice and easily. Additionally, we are on social media, at OpinionCast on Twitter and OpinionatedPodcast on Facebook. Uh, feel free to reach out to us at our email address, opinionatedmoviereviews at gmail.com. Uh, we do love hearing from you guys um we've gotten a couple fan suggestions and i think uh we're planning to to get to those a uh, little on down the road aren't we guys pretty soon yeah I- i'm so looking send in your suggestions we we really like getting them and we do take them seriously and we'll it try we'll to give get it our in. best shot yeah. yeah um so i'm looking forward to those uh guys if you could leave us a rating on itunes it always helps us reach out to more listeners the more folks that we have uh leave us a rating we appreciate you guys listening and until next time we're opinionated thanks for listening